here is not vain repetition. We don't believe that because of the, the you know, 20, once we hit the magical number of 20, 25, then suddenly breakthrough is going to come. No, rather there is a repetition. It's just not vain repetition. And what I felt in the room here is kind of like, you know, and uh, uh, the sound was going around. And I just, I just love it, love it. Because what I see is like a water pump. You know, when you used to have to go and if you ever had a cabin out at the lake or something, you had to pump water. You know, there's a repetition to that, but it's not vain because something is happening. It, it's rep- repetitive, but it's not empty devotion it's not ritualistic in nature. It is functional in nature. So there's functional repetition that's different than vain repetition. And so right now, I just want to declare that we break off of ourselves even the fear of doing things wrong and that religious spirit that will rise up and misappropriate and twist the Word of God to make us fear things that are actually kingdom-oriented. We love Functional repetition in Jesus' name. We will enter into repetitiveness uh, that, that, brings, that brings the oil of the presence of God. And whether it's praying in tongues or singing a song that is, that is soaked with the oil of his presence or uh, whatever it is, God, you are a God of cycles. You are a God of, of seasons and day unto day mercies appear every morning even though the day is like the day before you are a god of cycles and we refuse to let the enemy that religious spirit steal our capacity to mine the manifestations of the holy spirit we believe we believe in you we believe in your desire to pour out we believe god you have made a new and living way And even ascension into the house of the Lord was always repetitive because the landscape from here to there is always the same day to day. Just like our commute to work, it's not vain. It is repetitive, but it's not vain. We actually get to work every day taking the same road. So, Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we bless you we bless your ways and we say teach us holy spirit teach us holy spirit we trust you holy spirit to lead us into all truth let's give ourselves to the presence of the lord Mm, thank you god you know it's uh I, i know some of us are maybe feeling a little frustrated this morning because you want to sing a song Song that, you know, give me something to sing, give me something to say, give me something to do uh, that, you know, as a warm-up or something. But I want to I share the, the meaning, the significance of this, this approach. And it's not something we can do every week. Now, let me tell you the principle here. Uh, years ago, I had a television, I mean, a radio program on uh, a couple of stations in Washington State, and they used to come over into Vancouver. And right after me was a guy, I can't remember his name, he was an evangelist, kind of well-known in a, in a former era from around that time. And he used to start his program every day by saying, let's praise the Lord this morning. Let's say praise the Lord 10 times. And I remember I, I knew him by reputation, so you know I didn't immediately dismiss him. But I thought, man, this sounds so hokey. <laughs> I mean, there was no music. There was no nothing. And he would just do this thing. He would just do this. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. How many times is that? Praise the Lord. 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 And the first couple of times I heard him, I was saying, man, I, I feel something. You know, towards six or seven, I'm thinking, this is not, you know, just, there's no music, there's no, nothing entertaining about it. But he was doing something. He was opening something up. So I started doing it with him. 
And it's a simple thing. And I, I realized something. And I, I, if you weren't here at the beginning of the service at 10 o'clock, I was explaining the scripture because it says that we should not use vain repetition. Sometimes I think as, he, as Christians, we, we are afraid that we're using vain repetition if we repeat something too long, too long. But repetition is only made vain if it's useless. There is good repetition and there is vain repetition. You know, my wife, when she's chopping uh, onions, it's repetitive, but it's not vain repetition. Because every time that knife comes down, it's doing something different, even though it's a repetitive action. Right? You're pumping water with a... With a, with a, uh, you know, uh, if you ever had one of those water pumps, you know, the well, you're pumping. It's, it's repetition. It's, it's routine, but it's doing something different and effective. It's accomplishing something all the time. So what the Spirit of God is trying to train us to do is we have been surrounded by a system of worship where somebody else is always doing the repetition for us, but we don't know that that's what it is. And we want them to provide water for us and they want we want them to be the fire starters and we want them to warm us up and what God is trying to train us to do is to be the ones that generate the atmosphere by actually doing something but we have sort of been taught that we're meant to be entertained by the worship team and once, you know, they warm us up, and when we're good and ready and we feel like it, then we'll participate on a level that is equal to our dignity. Uh, you can get a measure of experience of God, but if you really want to get to the gold, if you really want to have a stable relationship with God, if you want to overcome the ups and downs of depression, if you want to overcome the tyranny of fear and worry and the circumstances that, of life that come around you and surround you and darken your mind and cause you to fall into ruts and, you know, and, and what happens is we wait for somebody or a situation to change or, or something to happen that changes our equilibrium to bring us out of that. When God is trying to say to us, listen, there is a way. I have made a way for you to come out of the darkness that attacks you, that comes over your mind, that comes over your heart. I've made a way for you to come out of unforgiveness and depression and, and all of those things. I have made a way. And I will help you initially as a young Christian by giving you people around you that will, that will add that thing to you, but that will be the catalyst for you. But the day is coming when I'm going to ask you to begin to be a catalyst for yourself. And, uh, and if we don't graduate out of that, always needing somebody else to stir our soup. Is that a metaphor that works? I just made it up. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. We will always be dependent, and our faith will never grow past a certain point. We will always need lightning to come before we have fire. When God is saying, listen, you can be a fire starter. You have the Spirit of God inside of you. And in the simplicity, as simple as just saying, praise the Lord, ten times, you can actually begin to release something. So I want us to stand, and I want us to say, praise the Lord ten times. Now, let me give you... I want you to focus on what you're saying. And I want you to, when you say praise the Lord, I want you to say it like you mean it. And I want you to focus on, on actually acclaiming him. All right? So uh, praise the Lord. 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 Amen. I mean, it feels like you could keep going, right? The simplicity, the simplicity of you. See, this is what God is trying to teach you. In your mouth, in your... Your, what's the life that's in you? And after you are redeemed by God, there is a connection to a life source, the river of God. And, and now the training is not for others to just impart that to you, but now that you've had a drink, it will become a well inside of you. And, and the transition from needing a drink from others and becoming a well is a difficult transition, 
But that's the promise that we've been given. And if we are a Christian four years, three years, 10 years, 15 years, and we're still coming to church to get a drink instead of giving a drink, we're missing the mark. Because the well or the, the drink that I will give you, he said to the woman at the well, will become in you. What? A fountain. A fountain, a fountain. And that's what Jesus said. He that believes out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Now, we're struggling as a church to find what is, because what, what is the balance between nurturing the ones that can't and actually giving the ones that can but aren't a push <laughs> to become fire starters? What is the transition? What do we do? What, and we're experimenting. And sometimes when you experiment, some days it's better than other days. I actually, when I came in here this morning, felt a great flow right from the very beginning. But the objective of this is God doesn't want us to have to wait for lightning to have fire. He wants us to be fire starters. A generation of revivalists and evangelists evangelists are going to be released, and they're going to be fire starters. They're going to be people who are marked by a knowledge of God, an awareness of who God is and how his ways work, that they can on purpose have fire any time they want. Wow. Wouldn't that be great? So, Father, we pray, Lord, even, even though it's hard to come to the place where we are serving rather than being served, Lord, where we are actually can believe that I can make a difference with my worship, and I don't have to depend on the worship team. That transition is difficult, but Father, make us fire starters. I pray that we would have 100, 150, 200 fire starters in this congregation, that every, go, everywhere we go, you will give us dominion. Lord, we will be like Peter, that even his shadow falling on people brought healing. Lord, they brought a dimension of the kingdom of God with them wherever they went. Uh, uh, Charles Finney, he was on a train driving through town. And just the fact that he was going through the town, the presence of God and repentance would fall on the whole town just as his train was passing through. God, if this is available, and I believe it is, I pray that you would prepare us to be deliberate in activating and releasing and accessing the things of your spirit. God, we long to experience more of you. And we know that you are not one who is wanting to withhold yourself. You want us to freely enter. So, Lord, train us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Then there were, and there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together. So not only did the guys in the upper room hear it, but the people in the streets heard it. Uh, They came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these Galileans? How is it that we hear them in our own language in which we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya, joining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speak in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others, mocking, said, they're full of new wine. They're drunk. Now, um, if what amount of activity, what would it have to look like before you would level the accusation that people are drunk? What would that look like, drunk people? 
And then, of course, said, well, they, they're, not, they're probably not drunk because it's only like noon or something. It's like 2 p.m. You know, if this was 10 p.m., I could understand that. You know, it might be a bunch of cohort and, you know, teenagers in beards. But, <laughs> but uh, every great move of the Spirit begins with a release. Pentecost began with a release. If you study revivals, they begin with a release. But let me tell you, related to what I just said before, God always looks for a man and a woman who's the spearhead. And the, the final outpouring that's going to come and hit the earth is not just going to be a handful of spearheads. It's going to be thousands, thousands of spearheads. And goes, So God is looking for people that he, he's saying, listen, I, can I make you a spearhead? Can I make you one that deliberately accesses instead of just victimized by a random access of the spirit? I want to be deliberate instead of a victim. Amen? I remember uh, years ago, my mom, uh, she, uh, we went to a meeting. I won't tell you who the speaker was. And she sort of looked down on a little bit of this stuff. And she thought, you know, a lot of it was contrived and, you know, uh, a lot of extra. Anyway, she went out for prayer, for healing, for something like that. And she got slain in the spirit and began to laugh. And, uh, and then uh, they, had her, they picked her up again, prayed for her, and she got slain again. She, she, she started begging as she was laughing so much for, them to, for him to stop. And she literally started crawling off the stage. And she said, you know, I used to think it was all, you know, a little over-exaggerated. Well, God showed her. <laughs> And you know what? There are going to be people who play up and play into and over. You know, in an effort to yield, sometimes, you know, we can go, we can be in one ditch in, in terms of not yielding, and we can go into the other ditch, which is overplaying. Neither of those delegitimize the, the actual manifestation. When the Holy Spirit was poured out in Acts, uh, you know, they, they could not contain themselves. They, and that's the thing about when God wants to pour out his spirit, it's, it's so that he wants to show that I'm the only one that deserves to be dignified in the room. I'm the only one that deserves to still be standing and looking like important. And, uh, you know, there is a level. I mean, if God is eternal and omnipotent and all of those things, surely he has more power than our bodies can contain. And anyway, there's a number of other little clips where, where they began running. Well, if you study Pentecost, early Pentecost, that was one of the great criticisms of early Pentecost from, where, from whence we came. They called us Pentecostals, uh, uh, what was it, uh, holy rollers, holy rollers, because the people would literally start rolling up and down the aisles and swinging on chandeliers, you know, they'd say, and they would run. People would just just... All of a sudden, I cannot contain. There's, there's more energy flowing through my body than I can contain. You know, it's kind of like that picture of that water hose with suddenly a lot of pressure. And it starts, uh, you know, it's, it's a picture. And there's purpose in that, but sometimes the purpose is just so that God's the only one that doesn't look foolish and he's distinguished in that sense. And uh, that's, David understood that to the point where he purposely made himself foolish purposely. Uh, anyway, so Father, we just, uh, Lord, if any of us today have not acknowledged you as the Lamb of God who has taken the sins of the world, Lord, we ask for the power of redemption to touch our lives. We say, uh, let the light shine in our hearts that the clarity that this man, Sam Nadler, experienced, we would experience. Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, now we get to welcome uh, my brother and your friends and uh, just an awesome guy who's been part of our body for so many years, and we're excited to hear from you this morning. So, Matt, come. Let's welcome Matt this morning with his box of goodies. I always have to use some form of prop. And I share. Um, I was crying at the end of that testimony because you were thinking of crying. Well, 
We'll pray for you afterwards. <laughs> uh, thank you for allowing me to share uh, today. Um, and it, I, I, it's interesting how today's service has gone. We had one, I loved what Mark was sharing about praise the Lord, praise the Lord, pray, and how it becomes part of your, when we allow God to, to do that, it becomes part of your spirit. And um, uh, so, and then watching a gong show video, basically, of, it's true. And, and then the seriousness of that. And that's, I think it ties in even with what I want to share today. Because we have three different or more types of stories, but it all seems to say something to us. It all is representing something. And uh, those who know me know uh, what Carrie and I are doing in Guatemala and, and over a course of our lives. And, and today I wanted to share uh, about our stories, about who we are, and the power of our story and the power of our life. And just to kick it off, I wanted to share a few of the of recent day stories that have been happening. Uh, so let's pray. Lord, we just, we just bless your name and we pray that you would fill up our spirits and that in these, in these days, in, these, in, this, in the presence of, of uncertain times, of, of crazy things happening, wicked things happening across the earth, you're still here and you still want to speak and you still want to work through us. And I pray today that, that each one of us begin to realize more and more of the true God that's within us the real God that's within us, the God that, that, that wants to move through us and, and use us as, as pathways and as, as testimonies and as voices to the nation, to, to people. No matter if it feels good, no matter if it goes good, or no matter if it uh, goes bad. To be, that, to be the testimony, to, to overcome, in Jesus' name. Some of the, a few stories, part of them are my, my own personal stories and part of just things that we've wa- been walking through these last four months, five months. And I'm just going to give a, a brief overview of all of them. And they actually tie into a lot of the, the things happening, uh, even what, what Drew's talking about with, uh, with Hush. Uh, so for those who know, uh, we work in Guatemala and we, we oversee a children's home. We had children. They're not there right now. Um, but up in October, Carrie was up all day, all month, like three in the morning for, for a month, praying and, and seeking God. She, she, was, she was in intercession and burden. Uh, for, and, I, and we believe that God was preparing us for what was going to happen. I wasn't up. I was sleeping. But God was speaking to her. And God revealed, and I think it was, it was important because uh, God always prepares us whether it's for good or whether it's for bad in a circumstance. And, and during that time, uh, one, of our store, one of our things that, were, that happened in our life, our kids are homeschooled. So I'm beginning to share just sort of the, what are you doing, God? After, one thing after another. Uh, we're with the Wisdom Homeschooling Association. So we get, we get this email saying, you're, it's shut down. I'm like, what? what? Before they even, we even got a, a, a phone call before they even told the school. So we're like, what's going on? What's happening? And we're in Guatemala, and we weren't, we weren't too, too uh, concerned. So that's happening. We're like, oh, we're, we're staying where we're staying, and we'll see what happens. We know a bit of the, uh, the background story. And... Because we went back to Guatemala in September, and we had people prophesy over us and speak over us, and things are going to go great, and, and things are, God's going to move through, through you. I sat beside, we got upgraded to business class. I sat beside the, one of the ex-presidents of, of uh, Guatemala, and I leaned over, chatting with him a bit. Uh, and you're thinking, okay. Everything's going to be awesome. We're on the roll. We're, we're, we're moving forward. And, and God, was, God was beginning to work in, uh, the, we, we were seeing children that were being, that couldn't sleep through the night. 
One, one new girl, she would, she would come. She wouldn't leave her little brother. She would stand, and if you tried to encourage her to go to bed, she wouldn't. She would scream. She would yell. She would actually fall asleep against the wall. So Carrie took time, and, and uh, the, the, our staff members took time to, to, to be able to t- help her to be, go to sleep. First of all, she slept on the, f- the floor. Then we gave her a mattress. Then she could sleep with, she slept beside her brother. Then she finally could move over. Uh, we were seeing God work in children's lives. Like these are kids that have seen people f- killed. These are kids that have uh, seen extreme poverty. And, 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 and revelation and, and healing in their hearts. So things were, were happening that, that were, we were working hard to see them restored to families. And that's a big part of what our desire to do, do in Guatemala is not just to receive children, but to see them put into families, back into with their uh, aunts and uncles or, or if their parents get healed. And that's, that's God's plan is to see reconcil- reconciliation. And I believe that's our call as a church in general. Paul writes about it, but uh, Carrie and I specifically in seeing reconciliation between, in this case, with, with the children's home with families. And November 4th, the government shows up, this big van, 12 people, some from child uh, security services or whatever, the prosecutors, and some from the government agency. So we're taking the kids. We don't even know why. We've been accused that we are, the home has been uh, refusing children's rights, abusing them, not feeding them. They, and and it's, a, it's a long story. It's not really going to go into it. But it was a day that, it's one of those days that, what do you do on the worst day of your life? Because this represents what, what you do, what you, your heart that you pour out. What you, like, imagine just, you know, like, Mark, the church is shut down. Mark, you can't do Watchmen. Cam, sorry, your business is closed. I mean, some of us have experienced those kind of things. Your children are taken away from them. We've had our friends Carmen and Devlin Day. They had a year where they got five of their... Uh, now they're adopted, but their foster gets taken away. It's what you do on those days when they s- it sucks. And you know what's attacking me? It's witchcraft, it's politicism, it's lies. Carrie was able to, they wanted the files. Okay, we went, we're just going to take the kids. It came at 7.30 in the morning. Our social worker's not there. The files are locked up. We have to phone her. Why isn't she here? Well, because they don't work at 7.30 in the morning. And Carrie, the Spirit of God came upon her. She said, we're going to be professional here. We're all professionals, right? The children obeyed. And when you have 16, 17 kids from broken homes, they don't normally obey. Our own kids don't normally obey like that. They obeyed and followed instructions. And Carrie was able to speak to the children and speak with all the workers around. God is our Father. We have one Father, no matter what nation we're from, no matter what religion we're from, whatever. We're, we're all, God is the Father, and God is the judge. And you could see some of these guys, the, the Spirit of God was moving uh, and, and affecting their lives. So we, we were accused of all this stuff. We went to, went to the court that day. We could have been thrown in jail for what they accused us for. But... They, but on the other hand, they, they told our social worker, you're doing one of the best reunification investigations that I've seen in the country. So he, he knew it was, it was a setup from God, I mean from the devil and from God. And as we go through this process, we're, we're, we're working to see, God, what do you, you want to do in the nation of Guatemala? What do you want to do in the nation of Canada? What do you want to do in the nations of the world? Because it doesn't always look like we think it should look like. You read the Bible, the stories don't seem to pan out what movies do or what, what we think should happen. Oh, if we're good, good things should happen to us. Yes, that, that's true. We, we have reaping and sowing. But how do we walk through these other things? So we're in a process right now. Basically, the children's home is being restarted. We get to keep our legal name. We get, and we just met with the government last, last month. And... We're seeing that God is wanting to do a new thing in this area of, of social justice in Guatemala. And, and to, to be able to receive children, but see them reconciled to families, even, even in a greater way. 
And that's what we're working towards. So we have favor with the government now, the, the part of the government that oversees children's homes that, that was part of what took the children away. And uh, so that is, that is one of the, the stories. And then just recently, and the reason why I'm telling these stories is because these are the daily things of life that we go through, that we see in the news, that we look on Facebook, or we, and, and we can become so overwhelmed by it. And God has actually challenged me because I, I've just been telling myself and people, the world is a gong show. It's a I don't know how, like even the last three years, it's gotten more, there's more gongs being played over the last while. And it's like, God, what, what are you doing? And, and there's times where you look through the news, you look through all the stuff, and it's like you get overwhelmed. To be honest, I get overwhelmed. So I had actually had to say, I'm stop listening to that stuff. I have to stop. I mean, Lauren Jesperson always puts up, I don't know, you put up some funny posts about, well, thank God for that we get to know why this movie won the Oscar over the, like, the, just stuff like that. I mean, sorry, I'm off track. But, but it's really, the, the world is trying to trap us into following what they want us to follow. And... And God wants us to begin to resist that thing. And it's, for me, it was just like, okay, i got to stop reading and scrolling through Facebook and finding out all these political posts and, like, who hates who and what. It's like, oh, crap. I got, sorry. <laughs> but, and then just recently, this, this past week, and this is close to our heart, too, there's a children's home. It's a government-run children's home in Guatemala, and they're really bad, like, there's supposed to hold 400. There was more. And they had a fire due to protests. It's a girl's, like, uh, girl's home. But they've had, the half of the home was like children that have been abandoned and abused. The other half, they had, part of, they had half of the kids that are young offenders in the home. So there's, a, there's accusations of abuse and, 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 and certain things. So the girls protested. They, and they started fires. And up to this one, I just looked yesterday, 34 girls died. So these are sto- the, the the girls in the somebody that the, in the home for, it was protesting, but it, I guess it got out of hand. So I share those stories not to like be a downer, but these are the things that happen in our world. And as we were talking this morning, and 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 Mark was alluding to, and speaking directly to, where is the fire within us? Where is the story within us? Where are the voice in us? Where is the hands and the feet within us to make a difference? And, and I just want to share up out of Hebrews. I shared a bit in Guatemala. Uh, because what is my story? Uh, who am I? What can I do? And when I've read through Hebrews, uh, it talks about men of faith, women of faith. And, and how they actually lived. And, and it, it, I, when I was reading it uh, this last month ago, it, I got a new perspective on it. Because we always see, we hear about it, we can read it about Abel, about Cain, about Abraham, about Sarah, about Moses, about Noah, about Isaac, about all these guys. We know their names, they're, they're famous, they did mighty exploits, they're, they're, they're awesome, they're the big wigs, they're, the, they're the, the big names. They had lots of problems too, but the one thing they had in common was faith. And, and they were able to do mighty exploits. And there's a part where in chapter 5 and verse 6 it talks about Enoch. And... We know the story. He was walking on the earth, and then he disappeared. God took him away. Because he was commended as one who pleased God. And we know that without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists, and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And I was reading earlier this week in, in Luke, Luke chapter, Luke chapter uh, 11, verse 10. 
And we talk about, they asked, the disciples asked Jesus, how do we pray? And they give the, the version of the, our Father in, in Luke. And it talks about, if, you, if your friend comes and he needs food, and you, it's late at night, go ask your, fr- your other friend, and you will get that food if you have, it says in my, in my Bible, if you have the, ad- keep, have the audacity to keep asking. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and the one who knocks the door will be opened. But when I was reading this, this week, it's almost like three levels or three uh, stages of asking, of, of, of getting closer to God. Because the first one says, for everyone who asks, receives. We go to a restaurant, ten of us sit around a table, we ask for our food, we receive. It's like the, the first step. It's like God is saying, just ask, just ask, just ask, and I'll give you. Just ask. It's like the five-year-old, just ask me and I'll give you something. So it's open to all. It's a broader, broader, broader thing. The one who seeks finds. God is calling us deeper. He's calling us to seek, to seek after him, to go after him. And these men of faith uh, did that. They, they sought after him. So it's a deeper step. And I, I, like, I'm, I'm sharing this just, just as, as one who's walking along the path. And one who's learning this as, my, as I go. And then the next one, it says, the one who knocks, the door will be opened. So the one who seeks is like the one, have you ever done those geocaches? If you ask, you, if you just say, well, I asked that I could find a geocache. Well, you're not going to find a geocache unless you go seek for it. But then, the last one, if you knock, if you actually God's waiting us to go even deeper and knock on the door. Knock. What are you saying, God? What are you saying, God? What do you want me to do, God? Where do you want me to go, God? Knock. That the doors will be opened. Instead of just, and this is even at times for us, uh, for those who are young. God, what's the will of God for my life? Ask him, yes. But then seek the will of God. Then knock on him. Go, go after him. And that's, a, that's a bit of a side note to this. But when I, was, when I was reading about this, I was thinking about different stories. Because if you look at my life, just this past six months, this, or 2016, it hasn't been the greatest year of my life. It hasn't been the greatest year for Carrie and I. And so it's been hard. And you want to give up. You want to just like, screw this. But what causes us to keep going? There's, part of it is the... the the stories that we've created in our life or the path that we've walked in our life that keeps carrying us. And I, this is, my, I guess, my heart today is for all of us to be able to see our lives being written by God. See our lives, because it says He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. He is the pioneer and the finisher. He's the fine finisher of our faith. He's like, I'm horrible at doing, my dad is really good at carpentry. You don't want me to do carpentry. I'll tear stuff down. Right, Darcy? I've torn Hassman stuff down. But don't ask me to be the, the, smooth, the smooth finisher. But God is. And he's sharing with us stories. I love what Jesse, Jesse Martineau keeps going after this whole, he, he, we met him last week. And, but share your story. And when you express your heart, when you, when you be able to reveal who you are, it actually causes change in where, you, where you're at. So this, this last year hasn't been the, the greatest for us, but God is, is, is calling forth our stories to, to, to work out. And so we read about the, the man of faith in, in, in Hebrews, but then... Okay, no, I, I have to track, backtrack. I was talking because I... When I, when I think of my story, it, it was funny how um, uh, my girls and a few guys and uh, some, my girls and, uh, and Abby's boyfriend was at Chris and Jen's house a couple weeks ago having dinner. 
before we got back. And I can tell the story of when I was 17 up here. And I was the shyest kid. If you talked to me, my face would go red. I wore sweaters. I was just thinking of this morning. I wore sweaters in wintertime because I sweat so much. Because I was, I was, I was around people. I, I didn't like wearing white t-shirts because they would turn yellow. Because I sweat so much. I was always like, oh, I, I was super shy. So I could tell the story of when I was up here, 17, and we did an event called Airheads. It's the opposite of Air Band. You put a headphones on, and you sing what you hear, but no one else can hear the words or the music. Just me singing, and I'm a horrible singer. Uh, and I was dressed up in a crazy wig and my dad's lime green golf pants and, and, and just busting out. It was a point of my sore in my life where my mom was dying, and I had to break out. There was, there was some, God was ripping something, ripping out of that mold. Now, but when Chris tells the story to my kids, they hear it from a different perspective. They hear it from, I think uh, they were saying, or you were saying, I think it was they were saying, how me doing that broke the mold of something, or the expectations of how a person should be. And all of us have that capability. All of us have that. So that's, that's part of the story. And I think God is taking us along in these paths to, to, to fine-tune us, to make us stronger, but also to affect people. And sometimes we disregard our story. We disregard what we have to say because it, it doesn't, doesn't sound as eloquent as someone. I've been accused, my, one of my nicknames is Monotone Matt. And I've come to accept that. I've come to be fine with that because that's actually who I am. Not as in a monotone or boring, but it's just, I'm steady, I'm relaxed. I'm, I, I love what we were talking about, about the, 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 the metronome. Or the, not, yeah, vain repetition. It's not vain repetition. Like, I've, I've been to track meets and stuff. When, I love it when they play the drum. It's the same beat, but it creates something and it, it causes the, especially the 5,000 and the 10,000 meter runners, it gives them a cadence to run and run faster. So there's a certain element of, so there's, there's parts of us that, that we may feel that we are the, the, the repetition. We may feel I have to get up and work, I have to drive, like I said, drive the same way, but, it, but it, it's, it's our story. It's, it's who we are. And and God is wanting our stories to become expressed. Uh, we're, trying to, we're trying to share a bit more about Guatemala and do it in lighthearted ways and, and talk. Like, we do need to raise funds for, for this kind of stuff. But how do you do it without sounding the same? How do you do it without... And talking to Jesse again, I'm like, Jesse, I see you're on all these social media things. And like, I had to, I had to sit down with Ben Lotz. Like, Ben Lotz, show me how to make cool videos just on your phone. I had to talk to my daughter. Show me how to use Snapchat. Like, I don't understand that. And now it's one of the ways that I communicate with Abby and Haley. But I'm like, Jesse, why, why are you on Twitter? Like, who cares? Or like, who cares how many likes you get? Does, do likes change the world? But it's more than just that. But what I'm discovering, even with something, that tool, because it's a tool, it's not your, our identity, then that's the problem. It can become our identity. It's a tool to share your story or share a story. If the world can go around tweeting and clicking and Facebooking and Snapchatting and Instagramming their story, which has no life, how can we share our story? Obviously, it's ultimately Christ, but also the story that he's portraying through us. And, I mean, we always call Hebrews chapter 12, 11 like the... These are the men of faith. These are like the, the, the all-stars. They're, they're the plaques. If we could do it, we could put a plaque of Moses, a, a picture of Moses, and all his attributes, and, and how many awards he's won, and how many, how many people he's slain, and, and all, all these guys, different guys, how many wars they won. 
all their all their stats like you would in a, an athlete or a, or a, an artist or a museum a, a musician how well they've done this is what this is so if god writes this down why don't we share our stories to because this is the reflection of god so we are the reflection of god we show god so People aren't going to, it's been challenged more and more, like, how can I be the Holy Spirit for people? Not replace, like, we always say, how can I be Jesus for, to people? Because we are Jesus, we're hands and feet. But how do I actually become the Holy Spirit, which is a counselor, which is a gentleman, which is a, a caregiver, which is all, all the attributes of the Holy Spirit? How do I reflect? How do I, how do I give that out? And all of us, have these things all of us have the ability to share your stories i talked to murray last week i love hearing what he's doing on the with the with the 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 reserve that's not there the the that and just because it's 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 bringing up stuff that's that's that is important to people's lives and the ability to make an impact and 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 impact people's lives so i'm gonna Go on to another part of this. In Hebrews chapter 11, it's in verse 13, it says, All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. That's verse 13. Admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have an opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. Now, I wrote this out in personal form. And I'm, I'm not in the Old Testament anymore, so I'll pretend like I was for the first. Matt was still living by faith when he died. This is what I want my story to... People, if they read my story in my life, that's what I want them to do. Ken did not receive the things he promised. He, he only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And bidding Ken was only a foreigner and a stranger on earth. If Chris can say things... Show, if Chris says such things show that I am shows that he is looking for a country of his own. If he had been thinking of the country he had left, he would have an opportunity to return. Instead, I or every one of us, I'm looking for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called our God. Because we live in, Carrie and I live in, and our kids have lived in two nations. And you can feel schizophrenic living in two nations. Because we have two families, two friends, two churches, two, <laughs> two everything, and uh, two sets. And, and that's a, that's a hard, hard thing. But, so we're becoming to realize this is not our nation. The gong show of this world is not my world. How do I, how do I, how do I, how do I go? The story is, my story is different. And if you continue reading, it gives the, by faith Abraham, by faith Isaac, by faith Jacob, by faith Joseph. One man started it, God, and then Abraham, who we call the man of faith, walked, walked it, and then he passed it on, and then he passed it on, and then he passed it on, and he passed it on. We're not self-made men or women. We don't, we don't become who we become because of, of just our own making. Our stories intertwine. Our lives intertwine. How do we, be, how do we actually begin to walk with a, a story that's not... How, how do I, as an athlete, walk with an artsy, uh, artsy person, someone who's artistic? And how, do, how does my story... And my personality intertwined with those personalities is because we belong to the same country. 
And I, I want to finish off with this more or less. I got lots of notes because I was all over the place last night thinking about this. And this is one thing I did challenge the Guatemalans in. Because sometimes, I mean, it's not just a native to one nation or one culture. But we can make success important. Or how did I, how did I rate it? How did I rate it? Sorry. Oh, here we are. That sometimes we feel like we fail in the eyes of success. Because we read about these guys, the, the Hall of Fame, their busts, their, their, what are they called, busts? Their busts are on the wall. They're the Gretzkys, they're the Bobby Hulls, they're, they're the guys of, of yesteryear, of the Old Testament. But then you read about these other guys. We don't know their names. Uh, what, did, what did they do? Some of them... They, they, quenched, they shut the mouths of the lions. They quenched the fear of the flames. They escaped the edge of the sword. All, they routed foreign armies. Women received back their dead. But then there were others who were tortured, refusing to be released so that they might gain even a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and flogging, and even chains and imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. They went around in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. And I love this. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains, living in caves and in holes in the ground. And these were all commanded for their faith, yet none of them received what had been promised. Since God had planned something better for us, so that only together with us they would be made perfect. So my heart, like I felt like this. We felt like this over the last couple months. Our lives aren't, we're not being shot at. We're not being stoned. But there's, a, there's witchcraft. There's attacks. And we all have those certain things in different areas. And we can feel discouraged. Depression, mental, mental illness can come against us. The enemies can come. Carry... Carrie had a, this, this week, uh, one of these days, was we've, we've, she picked up this burden, and it was like this death was coming to attack her. We had to, we had to fight against it. But these are the ones who look like they failed. You were sawn in two. Come on. Come on, dude. You're, you, you got cut in half. You lost. Uh, you got flogged today. Oh, you're a winner. Like it's, we look at those, we look at it as success is in a certain way, but they were successful because they pursued God. Uh, they, and this is what I had to tell the Guatemalans, and I think we, have to, we all have to learn this. Because so many times we, because, and I think at times, especially in the charismatic church, it's, and, and cert, like, how do I say this? We look, we want the, we go after the promise. What's the promise of this year? What's the, what's the word of God for this year? And there's nothing wrong with that. But we go after the promise instead of going after the promiser. And these guys didn't even get the promise. It says they didn't even get it. Jesus, Jesus was the promise. Jesus was the, the, the fulfillment. They didn't even get it. But they were commended and they were, they were men, of, men and women of faith because they followed God. Because they, they went for that. Because they lived their story out. Whether they looked like they failed or whether they, were, they looked like they were successful. I can look like I, Carrie and I can look like we're, we suck at children's homes. Because we just got children taken out. We could give out. We give, what are you doing? When we see... These other children's homes, and if you compare, that's another stupid trap. And how great they're doing. But that's not my story. I was, I want to, I wanna, yeah, you guys got to hear this. I had to write it in English. But there's a song called Ray Vencedor. It means King Victor. Vic, or Overcomer. It sounds, it's always better in Spanish, but. 
this is what part of my, my spirit that I was being motivated. You stood in with the power. You stood up with power. Lion, king of the tribe of Judah, man of war, man of war the great I am. My enemies are under your feet. King Victor, your victory is my victory. God is calling us to be an overcomer. But you got to go through crap to overcome. And I, I know I can say that to myself. And I know I've been in, this, I've been in the church all my life. I know the words. But when, when you hit, when the, when the stuff hits the fan and you have to walk it out, you got to walk it out. And we all have it. We all have that stuff that hits the fan. But how do we walk it out? Are we going to pull from what God has done with us? Are we going to pull from other? Am I going to be inspired by other people? Am I gonna be, first of all, am I going to be inspired by Christ? But am I going to be inspired by Jim? Am I going to be inspired by Darcy? Am I going to be inspired by Cam? Am I going to be inspired by Paul? Gavin, different ones. You pull us up. We pull each other up. That's why we read the, the chapters like this. That's why our stories are important. They're important. Why did I cry at the end of the Jewish guys? Because he was telling his story and the impact of it. It wasn't sentimentality. But it's the power of it. And the world needs that. And sometimes our stories are more seen, like a silent film or a mime, than they are talked. Because that's how God has written us. And uh, one of my greatest things working with the children this past year is you get a little girl, six years old, coming from a horrible situation, and she's... Her mom visits and she thinks she's going back with her mom and then the mom leaves after the parental visit and then she loses it. So the staff workers can't calm her down. Carrie can't calm her down. So I'm just working, doing this administration in my office. She brings her down. Matt, you got some time to sit with a little girl? Sit down. She sits on my lap. And the, the Spirit of God comes through us. That's, our, that's my story. What's your story? How are you walking through Safeway or through Superstore or at school living your story? Being your story. How are you, you, you saying stuff on social media? Bringing, sometimes Carrie has put up like a, a 10 minute video at 3 in the morning where her hair is like, Wee! and people from school, which she went to high school with, who are drug addicted depressed, say, I needed that. we got to step out. we got to just get that fire started. And uh, so that's what I want to encourage you with today. That, that Oh, I, no, i got to finish this. I'm almost done. Because these guys never got promised. They never got what they were promised. And Why? And they were commended for their faith. They got, the, they got the medals. They never received what they had promised. Since God had planned something better for us. When he's writing to the Hebrews, he was writing for us. That only together with us, they be made perfect. Then we would go into chapter 12. And we, we have these, the, the great cloud of witnesses uh, cheering us on, watching us, and we're joining together. You have the Old Testament and you have the New Testament actually coming together through Christ. They, we were, the, they were redeemed. We are redeemed through Christ. And uh, God is asking us to cast, out, cast off all the things that entangle. So, Things that were that entangle were not they're not just sins. They're they're people's opinions. They're um, gotta find my notes for that. What are they? P 
people's opinions, our own concerns about life, daily life. Oh, I got to pick up my daughter for, for this. Cast that off so we can keep running. Doesn't mean we forget about it. But God is, God is wanting us to, uh, to be able to continue to be vulnerable, to continue to share our stories, continue to, to, to be that light to the world. And if I can be a metronome, if I can be the praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, that's what I want to be. And each one of us has that. And I, I encourage you and I challenge you and I prophesy over you to do that, to go out, to, to take what's been put in your hands and do it. And the reason we marked was talking about fire starters. People like, <laughs> see... To be honest, when I watched the first video, the when I, I told I was it was funny when the guys were spooning each other. That was that's totally in a weird way God, how you can say that. But even <laughs> you know what I mean. No no normal guys in suits would do that. But that even that even sometimes the weirdness can weird me out, and I've seen a lot of stuff. But how do, we, how do we hear people? How do, we, how do we be comfortable around people that are totally different than us? And how do we join together? How do we walk with the person down the street? God is, God is, God is, is challenging us in that. God is desiring us. So I, I speak over every, every this week. I pray that each one of us would have those experiences to be light and, and tell our story and, and be a blessing to other people. Amen. Thanks, Matt. You know, um, it, this is uh, an important issue because I, I was actually thinking about the different stories that there are, and the fruit of individual lives is going to be different. And what my role is and what our role is as a church is not to determine what the fruit of your life is going to be. But just to make sure that the life of the vine is flowing through your life, producing that fruit. That's, that's what church is, ab- uh, is about. It's not about telling you what you should be doing with your life out there because uh, that's not my role. It's not the church's role to orchestrate or create programs for that fruit to materialize in your life. That's, that's actually, and that's why we shy away from those kinds of things. What we're trying to do he said, uh, Jesus said, um, every branch in me that bears fruit I prune. But he talks about branches that are connected. He said, I am the vine. So what we're trying to do is keep you connected to the vine. That's our only role. And what does that mean? It means exhortation, teaching, training, all of, the, all of those things. But the outworking of that, if it's actually happening, is you will start to be fruitful. And when I think about the unique fruit that's in this church, in the li- they're in the lives of people. They're not orchestrated by the office at the church. You know, and I think Drew is a great example here. You know, doing this thing with the abortion and, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a kingdom thing, but it's relative to his career. And I didn't make him do it. I didn't come up with the idea. I didn't finance it. I didn't do it. And I don't have to. It's not my story. It's his story. But what I've done is walk with him to help him as he's journeying and, you know, walking through some of the, as God is trying to say, listen, you're going to have to have this high level of life at work in your life to actually overcome some of the obstacles that are coming. And so Mark's going to help you with that. And that's it. I think of Gavin and Melody, whose heart have, you know, expanded to Israel, but their heart for the mission downtown. You know, I never said to them, you know, Gavin, have you ever thought about the poor? I feel I need to tell you what to do for the poor. You know, maybe you should get some coats together and give them to the poor. I didn't do that. But the life of Christ at work within him gave him passion. And he acted on that passion. And he started doing this, and it led to this, and it led to this. Uh, um, Andrew just uh, uh, got up and talked about, I want to go and pray, uh, you know, about, around an abortion. I want to make some, I want to be some kind of a voice. So he has a passion. What is that going to become? I don't know. 
I don't know, maybe a home for unwed mothers, maybe, you know, down the road. Who knows? But it's, it's ident- having life at work in you and then letting that life work its way out and materializing in something. A lot of what Jesse and, and Chris are doing are outside the church, touching the community. A lot of what I'm doing is in the nations. That is the administration of my gift. What is your story? What is the grace at work in you? And, you know, we, we look for the church to decide to legitimize what we're doing when life and fruit legitimizes at the end of the day. And the beautiful thing to me, and the most pointed, and I, I have some other names here, but, but the most pointed uh, example of, of, of the fact that we are doing our job as spiritual leaders is that you guys in your different spheres, oh yeah, I was thinking of Murray McKinnon, who's, who's been elected to the Papa's Chase uh, Board. It's a First Nations uh, uh, tribe that sort of became extinct, but they're living and mixed around in the area, and now he's politically involved in that and is starting to become a voice within that world. Well, uh, I, didn't, I didn't tell him how to do that because I didn't have a clue. And I'm not there to do that. And I don't have to do that. You know why? Because there is a Holy Spirit at work in his life and at work in my life. And we're just uh, helping you connect with the Holy Spirit so that that DNA of who Jesus is will appear in whatever sphere, whatever influential way in your world, whether it's education, whether it's in business, whether it's in media, whether it's, you know, uh, in the church realm, you know. Uh, So, Father, I pray that we would have the courage to not hide behind programs that others initiate, though if that's our role, to function, to propagate, to increase programs that are doing legitimate, then we take that. But, Lord, we don't want to be limited to that. Lord, what is the passion that's in your heart, Lord, that will drive us, will bring an expression of Jesus in the world that you mean for us to have influence? God, we say Create a story in our lives, a story of faith, a story that manifests Jesus, that brings the influence of the kingdom of God. That's what we want. So thank you, God, for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Just to close, because one thing Matt said, it just made me think of something. um, That today we got to hear his story. And there was a pivotal moment in his life, and he shared a little bit about that when he was actually here. And uh, I remember him again, like, Matt did not talk, right? And uh, as a guy, I didn't know him as a non-believer. I thought he was just a weird guy, and I had all these thoughts towards Matt. I'm like, guy just doesn't talk. And then I get saved, and I start coming to this church and stuff like that. Still didn't talk. And that day, I'll never forget it, because I remember we're all sitting in this church, and he gets up there, and we all see Matt come out, and we're like, what is it? (laughs) What? It just didn't make sense. And when he walked on that stage, I think you sang, I don't know, was it Petra or Whiteheart? Some Whiteheart, one of those old, old, anybody know Whiteheart and all that? Yeah, okay, there we go. I mean, he came out, and he didn't just sing it. I mean, the guy screamed it pretty much. Oh, it was DeGarmon Key, yeah. I mean, he screamed this song out, right? And I have to admit, it was probably one of the worst performances I've ever seen in my life, right? If I would have gone up, it would have been worse, but it was a bad performance. However... It got probably one of the greatest standing ovations that I've ever seen in my life. It wasn't based on the performance. It was based on the fact that everybody knew something just broke. And he walked into something new, which has helped him create the story he's living in today. And so I think of that for all of you is maybe some of you need that moment. Don't shy away from it. Embrace it.